little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. Or anyone who thinks that hiding in the closet means you're just being kinky in Ikea. I'm ahead of the game. and welcome back to The Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane and on this week's show I'll be finding out if we're having bad sex this year, speaking to Lewis Oakley about bisexuality and I'll be reading your own tales of bisexual awareness. If you like what you hear then please rate, review, subscribe, do it wherever you get your finest of podcasts and I hope you're ready because I'm about to put the awn in unicorn. Hello, hello, hello dear listener. Okay, quick question. How has the sex been for you this year? Are you swinging from the chandeliers or are you more keeping the lights off to save on the bills? If it seems like it's been a bit of a struggle to have great sex this year, then I cannot blame you and you are definitely not alone. A new report by sex health and wellness brand HIMSS found that nearly half the 3,688 respondents uh, said that at least one economic or political event in the last year has affected their sex lives. 32% of respondents said the cost of living crisis had affected their dating and sex lives, which is even more than the pandemic. So, friendo show Alex Fox said that if you're in a housing situation which is stressfully unstable, if you're having to work around the clock until you're knackered, or if your health is impacted by poverty, you may well be having less time and less inclination for sex. Totally fine. I absolutely get it. Because you're having arguments around household bills, financial security, maybe you're thinking about savings. It's all such a mood killer for couples or anyone and if you're single then maybe you've moved in with your parents or with flatmates to save cash Uh, (laughs) come on let's face it no one wants them banging on the door whilst you're banging on the bed look things are so tough out there uh, but there is always hope Auntie Miranda is always here with some great tips to get you out of the funk and spring is definitely in the air so at least we might have a small reprieve from the heating bills. And also another great way to warm up is to try quick revolution and overthrow the government. You know, just just throwing that out there. Uh, If you want to know more then head over to metro.co.uk and the article that says having worse sex this year you are not alone and here's why. There's even some great links on there that will show you how you can start spicing up your sex life and if you are feeling in a funk don't worry because I'm going to get you out of it by having a chat with this week's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys. Now, many people assume that bisexuals are indecisive and or 
in quotation marks, greedy, uh, taking their pick of men, women, etc. But a recent study showed that only 19% of women would actually date a bisexual man. So with so many more experiencing stigma and discrimination from both the gay and straight community, I wanted to chat to this week's guest to help boost the number up a notch by putting prejudice aside and embracing the life of bi. He's an activist and co-host for Bisexual Brunch. It's Lewis Oakley. Hello, Lewis. Hello. Thank you for having me. Ah, thank you so much for coming on to the Smut Drop. How are you? How are things going? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm still dad of three, so slightly sleep deprived, but that's nothing new around here. Um, But no, really good. Here we go. New energy. Let's go for it. Let's take no prisoners. I just think let's just attack this year. Yeah. I mean, you seem to be doing it in great form already. I was reading on your website that you spent five years keeping bisexual people in the press and the media. And what is it about this fight that keeps you going? I just don't see why this should be such an issue. You know, when it's something that kind of like, you know, for me as a bisexual man, obviously struggled in the beginning to figure out what does this mean? Everyone says you can either be gay or you can be straight, but I'm bi and figuring that out and then kind of figuring out to be unapologetic about it and being like, look, I'm a bi guy. That's, that's great. That's fun. And then kind of realizing that there's so much stigma and not stigma from the people you would expect. There's so much stigma from within the LGBT community itself and kind of saying, hold on, guys, you can't be here lecturing me about everything and then turn around and say something nasty to me. So actually, I demand better standards from everyone from all walks of life. But also, you know, I want to demystify it for people because I think you know, we all know that the education that we get in schools around sexuality is not the best. Um, And I think that a lot of people that I've met, once I've had a conversation with them around bisexuality, I'm talking here about gay and straight people, they get it. And they're like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. And, you know, now I can go off into the world and meet bi people and not think they're odd. So I kind of like try and do that where I can. Obviously my audience is mainly bisexual, but if I can speak to people that are non-bi and be like, why do you think this? Come on, it's not that big of a deal. But also not in a not an insulting way. I don't ever really get too angry about it. I rarely use the word biphobic at all, because I actually think it's probably more by ignorance, if I'm being honest. They just haven't thought about it. And that's where I come in. So let's start the conversation, because a common misconception is that bisexual men are just closeted gay men and they're they're using bisexuality as a as a kind of testing ground, <laughs> like dipping yeah. their toe in the water. And women are they'll say they're bisexual to arouse men. That's the misconception around it. So where do you start when someone starts that kind of conversation? Well, I think so from the the male side, right? So I there was some research done a few years ago and it was not the best research. They only interviewed like 70 people or something small. So my my first thing is always calling for better research and more in-depth research. Mm. But what they found basically was that I think it was something like 70% of gay men had identified as bisexual on the way out of the closet. And about 80% of them knew that they weren't bi at the time. So what we have is a huge demographic of gay men that have kind of helped create this stigma that bisexuality is a stepping stone, which is why I then take massive issue with, with those gay men that then will turn around to me and say, 
oh, you're just doing what I did. I'm like, no, you created the stigma. Now you're believing it and you're enforcing it on me. That's insane. Mm. Um, but it's it's obviously a conversation you must be delicate with because no one should have to come out. And I don't want to be in that space of judging someone's coming out journey because it's obviously, it's very tricky for everyone. If you had to say that you were bisexual to make it feel a little easier for you and those around you on your way out, that's just what had to happen. But there is something to be said for, but don't forget that that has damaged the reputation of bisexual people and that we need to do something about that. One of the biggest ones I take issue with is when celebrities do it. So... I probably won't name names on the podcast. We don't want to shame anyone that have basically come out as bisexual one year. And then there's this big, you know, there's loads of articles that are out as bi and that's great. And, you know, some of the people that write to me will say, you know, it's so great. We finally got this person as like a, a bisexual icon, blah, blah, blah. And then a year later, they come out as gay and they go from being this icon and inspiration to actually this thing to beat bisexuals over the head with. And that's definitely happened to me. It's like, oh, bisexual, like insert celebrity name we won't talk about here you know look at what they did and i i've often found with celebrities that do that it's like you need to say something around bisexuality is still valid and explain a little bit more because we can't even have the situation where gay people will use bisexuality as sort of their cover and their shield and then when they're done with it chuck it to the side and then kick it a bit so that is a, that is a bit of, <laughs> that is a bit of an issue where it's like you, you can't keep creating this stigma i understand coming out was not right and I'm trying to not judge you but there is a cost right there is a cost here and I like mm. to say you know no bisexual person has ever come out as gay mm. like you know like no they haven't they weren't they weren't bisexual they were on their journey of self-discovery but they weren't bisexual um bisexual people have arrived at the destination they're bisexual so that's it um and there is this whole thing so with this, this with men and women and I'm such a bad bisexual activist because I've forgotten the term off the top of my head. But there, there was basically a term that some researchers termed, which basically meant that bisexuals were de were defined by their attractions towards men. So if you are a bi man, you're secretly gay because your your attractions to men is the dominant one. And similarly for women, you know, if you were if you're bi, you know, you're really attracted to men and you're just drunk or titillating the, the other part of the time, which is just ridiculous. I think that has really helped because I didn't really consider the consequences of what people were saying when they were using bisexuality as a stepping stone to coming out as being fully gay. But I think that really helps when you say <laughs> all you've done is, you know, push it and kick it a bit. Then, yeah, we need to make sure that celebrities and people who have this high profile turn around and say bisexuality is still totally you know it, it's still we should need to be aware and we need to respect it mm. but what made you go right this is it I want to make sure that bisexuality awareness is in the news and that we keep making sure that people respect it what was your own journey towards activism oh you want my origin story yeah <laughs> So here we go. I'll try and not tell it in too long of a fashion. But basically, I was in a relationship with a guy for two and a half years. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, was out as bi. Um, was telling all my friends, who some of them are now not my friends, you know, I'm bi, I'm in a relationship with a guy, blah, blah, blah. That relationship ended. And then, heaven forbid, single bisexual went out to have some fun. So, you know, kissing guys, kissing girls, you know, revolving waiting room door outside the bedroom, like... And a lot of the gay friends were just absolutely horrified. And the one moment I always point to is, I remember I was in GAY uh, in Soho, 
met this girl on the dance floor. We went outside the club. Um, we had a little smooch and changed numbers and, and all good. And then the next morning, I looked at the group chat uh, with some of my friends and a picture of us kissing had been put there. And the caption was, a gay guy being seduced outside of Soho, disgusting. And all of the comments were so like, you know, this stupid boy thinks he's bi, like blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, hold on. If I had said to you guys like, oh, you silly gays, like you don't know what you're doing. You just need to meet the right girl. And why can't you see you're straight? Like there would be absolute hell to pay. So why am I having this? So I was already quite riled up. And then I think pretty Mm. soon after that, I went to a friend's birthday party and you know, at a friend's birthday party, you sort of meet friends of friends, people you don't really know. And so I was there having a chat with a friend of a friend. I was like, Oh, I've just met this girl. We're going on like some dates. It's going really well. And he was like, Oh honey, you're gayer than me. Like, what are you doing talking about bisexuality? And I think whatever it was, I just really lost it in that moment. and was like, right, I'm sick of this. Like, Gay people cannot demand their equality from me and then not give me my equality. You cannot speak to me this way, blah, blah, blah. And went through all of the kind of points that I've been holding on to in my head of like how outrageous this all was. And the weirdest thing was he turned around and he was like, my God, you made some really good points. Like I've genuinely never thought of it that way. You should write this up. I've got a blog. I'd love for you to write it up. So literally that night, half drunk on the tube, like on my notes app, like furiously writing all these points and sent it over. (laughs) And then what happened was this piece went up and then someone from Metro messaged me and said, you know, we've seen this. We would love for you to write a piece for us. And so then it kind of was in national press. And then I obviously, this was all just kind of happening. And then the weirdest thing was then I started getting messages from kind of men all around the world. Like I have had postcards from South Africa and emails from everywhere. Like, And people were like, you know, I'm a bi man. I've never read about being a bisexual man in mainstream press before. Like, thank God you're doing this. And also, I never thought of it this way. And so then I kind of felt like the weight of like, (coughs) why are all these men and women, but, you know, mainly as a bi man can really talk to the bi male experience. um, Why are they Mm. all feeling like, you know, this way? Why are they feeling like unrepresented? Why are they all messaging me and they've got like the same 10 issues but they've never evolved because they have no other bisexuals to talk to and so then that kind of like speared me on and then I would just start pitching stuff and talking about issues and you know meeting people from LGBT organizations and saying well what are you doing and so that's that that's the origin story I guess that's so insane that because you you would have thought that if you were facing prejudice that it would have come more from the straight community. Mm. So, how did you feel when the when it was more from gay people? Have you taken that reaction into a kind of practical teaching lesson? Obviously, taking it as a learning because I do think within the LGBT, like this, just goes under the radar, and it's not just some drunk gay guys that I know personally like this happens in LGBT groups it's the reason why you know there will be some LGBT organizations and charities that have you know gay people at the top that genuinely think bisexuality is a phase or not that they think it's a phase but it's like oh you know what they pretty much benefit from the stuff that happens that we do for gay men and women and everything else they can take from the straight community. So why bother? Why do anything? And what's been really interesting mm. is obviously these census figures that have come out that have found that pretty much we're level pegging. The, the, the amount of people that identify as bi 
is pretty much level pegging with the people that identify as gay and lesbian. And the younger generation, that's 16 to 24, they're more than twice as likely to identify as bi as they are gay and lesbian. So this is a huge demographic, mm. and it's just been completely under service. So, for example, I mean, British organizations aren't stupid enough to do this, but in America, they actually, like, kind of put um, a report out each year on how the grant money for LGBT community is spent. And what they found is mm. over the last 57 years, pretty much, bisexuality has received 1% of LGBT funding. Like 1%. And it's like, mm. So we're pretty equal pegging and we get like 1% of the funding. And it's so obvious that, that, that it's not being done because none of the unique issues, none of the issues that I really talk about are ever really reflected in any of the work that's being done in LGBT groups. And, you know, it's stuff like, I think the, the issue we've got at this point in history, I think, is that we've amalgamated everything. You know, we're LGBTQ+, we're queer community, we're all in it together, it's all about love. And that is great, that message of togetherness is really great. But as far as practically improving people's lives, I just don't really think it is. It's like, okay, well, we, we're going to talk about discrimination. It's like, well, a trans woman is going to receive a different version of discrimination than I am as a, as a bi man. And actually looking at all of those unique situations, those unique issues is really what we need to do to change the dial on people's experiences. So I kind of, you know, I'm always feeling that we're a bit, you know, let down by the LGBT and the queer community and those organizations. And I'm always there when I, because I do get invited. People don't really read too much of my stuff. And they're like, oh, we, we need a bisexual here. Like, get that bi activist guy. And they'll invite me to their event. And we'll be like, <laughs> oh, they'll be like, oh, we, how, we're, we're doing fabulous work. I'm like, okay, so how does the work that you do to support gay men differ from the work that you do to support bisexual men? And they just look at you blankly like, I've just thrown them into the matrix. Like, what? There's a difference. I love, I love what you're saying about just feeling being thrown in, you know, into this melting pot rather than having your own issues addressed. Because you're entirely right. There are so many different things that the trans community can be subjected to. And when it comes to bisexuality, there are so many, you know, it's it's exactly what you say, just so many different issues. And I often feel that when I'm looking at LGBTQ websites or uh, dating sites or anything, you know, platforms that it's very much like LGBT and Q. And the B is like, well, we're happy for them to exist as long as they're dating other people. They're yeah, fine exactly. as long as they're not with me. <laughs> you la we laugh, but it's so true. You're so right. So I want to talk about kids, though. Being bisexual, having kids, is that something that you thought would not be possible? Or is that something that you thought, well, this is what's happening? What has been the reaction to you coming out as a bi dad? With my 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 personal thing, I always wanted kids. So whether if I'd have ended up with a woman, a gay or a they, I, I wanted to have kids. Like, I always knew that. And basically what happened was that I, you know, met my current partner and she already had a child. And I'd always kind of thought, well, around 30, we'll start thinking about it. But because I was then kind of a stepdad to a child, I was like, you know what, let's, why wait? Like, why wait until I have a worse back for doing piggybacks? Like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've got, I'm 31 now. We've got three kids. I think we're done because this is, this is, this is like, you know, very, very difficult. <laughs> um, I just, it's so funny. I speak to some people I'm like, oh, do you want kids? They're like, oh, 
maybe like probably I'm like no 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 this is not a maybe probably <laughs> situation you need to definitely want them because when you've had no sleep for five days in a row and then they're still wild and full of energy you're gonna really need to be like no but I want this <laughs> like you cannot go into this as a maybe whatever this is tough yeah as far as coming out goes so this is this is something I guess a bit unique to to being by, so obviously have a stepson. He's obviously a bit old. He's thirteen now. So when I started dating, I obviously am doing a lot of this public by stuff. So there was this conversation around. Okay, do I? You know, I probably need to like just let him know. And what's the way you want to tell a child that you're bisexual? Because you don't want it to be like I have something to tell you. I'm bisexual. I'm so sorry. And, or you know, you want it to just kind of be natural as like a matter of fact thing. Like, you, I think the thing is, we just with kids just want to destigmatize it. It's like it's not a big deal. It's fine. It's just this happens. Equally, yeah. you know, I wasn't going to put like rainbow flags in his hands and start making him like parade. Just like just a chill way. Anyway, we kind of talked about like the best way to do it, and then it was kind of like about a week later, and basically he turned to his mom and said, "You know, what's gay?" And like she explained, he was like, "What's lesbian then?" And then she explained, and then he was like, what's bisexual? And she explained, and he was like, oh, is that what Lewis is? So he knew. His kids are just intelligent. <laughs> but the one worry I did have was him going to school and talking about my bisexual stepdad and him being bullied because of it. However, mm. the reverse has happened. They all think I'm really cool because I go and have debates with Piers Morgan and I'm writing on, you know, national news sites. So they're like, some of his friends follow me on Instagram and they're like, oh, we saw you said that, you know, had an argument with Piers Morgan, blah, blah, blah. So it's actually gone in the complete reverse, what I was worried about. You do so many different articles and blogs and videos and interviews, and you've got your Ask a Bye Dad column, and you've got the uh, Bisexual Brunch podcast. But still the same things seem to crop up. Do you Do you find that? Do you get frustrated? Do you have a stock answer for it? Or do you just have to kind of roll with the punches and keep answering the same questions, <laughs> but maybe <laughs> uptake the caffeine a bit? Yeah, um, I think for me, part of my job on the keeping bisexuality in the national press is finding the unique angle and how it relates to now. So, okay, this is going on. Mm. What's the bisexual take on it? To keep it fresh and to keep people thinking about it. With sort of the by dad column, you know, those are whilst people's individual situations are quite different, they kind of fall under the same categories, I guess. But the bisexual experience is so vast. Like, you can have bi people that have never dated a man or had sex with a man. You can have people that never, you know, had sex with anyone. You can have, you know, people that have only dated people um, that are non-binary. So there is so many different situations um, that crop up. It never gets boring. If I if I say that, hmm. um, and I think the good thing with the podcast in particular is that I it's the only place I can say I don't know. Whenever I come on an interview like this, and someone's brought me in as an expert to know something, or you know, if Piers Morgan invites you on, he's like, right, I'm going to destroy you over this. It's like, well, I better have my points ready. Or if I'm doing an article, I yeah. need to know. Whereas on the podcast, I can be like, kind of be like, oh, this is going on. Like, what do you think? Like, I don't know. Um, and that's quite nice. So we've got three different bisexuals from three different walks of life. And we can kind of just have a conversation. We're not worried about going to an ad break. Like we can roll on for hours if we want. I just kind of debate it and have that, bring that kind of community that I think a lot of bisexuals don't have. They don't have bi people to talk about issues with. So hopefully we can kind of do something on that with the podcast. 
What would be three things that you would like to see changed? If 2023 bought anything, what would be something that you would absolutely want to see the start of or the end of? I would like to see LGBT groups and communities say, look, we are going to we're going to really up our funding for bisexuality. We want to do, you know, more on them. I would say one of the things mm. I would really love, like the second thing would be the big buy survey. I would love a big buy survey every year of all of the issues unique to us. So we can kind of actually see like, OK, how what what is impacting bisexuals? And then we can kind of the second part of the report can be our best guesses for how we correct some of that and how we make it so bisexuality isn't a hindrance it's just like you know it's just something people happen to be you're not more or less likely because at the moment with some of the with most of the research in most of the ways we measure success bisexuals do worse that's you know from Mm -hmm. health from substance abuse from earning potential there's a bisexual pay gap can you believe it we just do worse on all of those metrics it's like come on we we don't need to to be doing that so Mm. that was my one two and third one what was I going to say I would like for there to be a discussion around straight women dating by men because I think that it's the reason a lot of people keep in the closet and now you have to be careful with that discussion we should not be forcing anyone to find anyone attractive there's a word for that Um, (laughs) forcing yourself (laughs) on people Um, but I do think that there needs to be a discussion whereas in and this is how I always take it if 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 a bisexual man just does not make you, you know, hot under the collar and it just doesn't do it for you, that's fine. But if you'll say, I am not attracted to them because they're this and this and this, that is discrimination. Mm. I think having that, and that's a careful, delicate conversation that needs to be had with cool heads, but I would like to have it. Yeah, it it feels like my first reaction is, oh, I'd love to, you know, I'd want to talk more about it, but I don't want to come across as, you know, the the female equivalent of the bloke going, oh, does that mean I'm going to get a threesome then? <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and yet, that's the thing that crops up in my head because I host a podcast called The Smut Drop and we are the podcast that's looking up at the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that person, but I think I am. Oh, Lewis, you know help what? me. You just own it. Good for you. <laughs> I've always said if I want to be in a relationship with someone, I'd love to be in a relationship with uh, with two blokes because I think, A, it, the sex would be amazing, uh, and B, one of them could do all the things that I don't like doing, which is the cooking and the cocksucking. So, it, you know, it would, something, something's got to You have give. got goals in life and I <laughs> am cheering I'm you I'm never speaking to me again. And I have no <laughs> doubt that you will achieve your goals. <laughs> so what are the things that we can actually ask people without showing our pervy side? What can we, if, if I see someone that I'm attracted to and they're telling me they're bisexual, how can I start the conversation but without sounding like a total perv? <laughs> Oh, that's a tricky one. I don't know. I think you just have to be honest because I think that people have to. Um, I, I think there's this thing now, right? Where and this is wider society. We seem to be trying to teach people how to be good people, and it's we're mm. just never going to do that. You can have some. We're eradicating post- learning lessons. Like we need to have the times when we're wrong in order to find out. Exactly. You know the learning. So yeah. as much as like don't don't be you know nasty about it. I would rather people were at least honest so at least that bisexual person knows where they stand and knows how you feel about Mm. it and knows what you're thinking. 
But, you know, I've done so much stuff now, like hundreds of articles, loads of interviews. Like, there's the Ask a Bidai column. There's the Ask a, like, you know, people should be a little bit more educated. It can't be that they're just like, what? A bisexual? What is that? I thought that they would just mm. existed in storybooks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, you know, just asking them, okay, well, what does, well, what does bisexuality mean for you? How does it, like, bisexuals come in so many shapes and sizes? Like, what does it mean for you? And just kind of let them lead it and let them say, you know, well, this is what it is. I'm, you know, equally attracted or the same attracted or I've never been with a man before or blah, blah. And I see a relationship working like this. And, you know, you can ask those questions in a nice, calm way. Mm. If there was anything you could say to young Lewis Oakley when he had been pictured snogging the girl outside G.A.Y. and everyone's battling him on the chat group. And if you could crop up on that chat group, what would be the thing that you would say to him? I would probably say something like, it's going to work out. You're going to like this thing that people see as a hindrance and that you kind of are worrying is a bit of a hindrance will become a strength and you will, you know, own it. And you will use your strength to hopefully help other people that are dealing with this. And you know what? It's quite nice to be the one that, you know, tries to prove everyone wrong and kind of say, you know what? You're all against me, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not going to give in. So, <laughs> <laughs> and also I can't, so just go for it. <laughs> just, you know, take no prisoners. Great general advice for life there. And if there people want to find more from you, Lewis, where can they find you? So I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Louis Oaks. Um, there's Ask a Bye Dad. You can just Google that. It's on bye.org. And there's Bisexual Brunch Podcasts. I'm very discoverable these days. <laughs> you are. You were top of my Google search. Well done. Oh, good. Yeah, pretty nifty. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lewis. Thank you for coming on the Smut Drop. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. My thanks to Lewis Oakley there. Do you know what? There are so many things that came up in that conversation that I've never thought of. I think people might take the point of view that because you're bisexual, you've got this privilege. Oh, you can go for men or women, anyone. But actually, hearing from Lewis about the lack of resources that are available to the bisexual community like, was really, really quite shocking. I think because you think that, hey, they're the B in LGBT. LGBTQ, they're fine, they're sorted, but actually there's a lot more that we can be doing for them. And I think starting a conversation and treating someone who is bisexual with a bit of kindness and understanding and taking away the prejudice that we might have really is a good start. And I'll tell you what is another good start is diving into my fun bags. I have once again delved into the fun bags and I asked you for your fly-by tales. Fly, because that means cool in young parlance, and by, because it's bisexuality. Yay! So George, on my Instagram stories, uh, he says, when I tell a new partner that I'm bisexual, I start by saying, yes, I like men and I like women, but right now... I like you. And if that doesn't work, then I cut my losses and run. That's such a great point. I think because what we've learned from Lewis is that some people can be scared. They might get, oh, my God, it's so hard to keep up with other women or with other men. And you're looking at everyone. But actually, who they're looking at is you. And that 
yeah, that's quite a nice way of putting it. Uh, and I got an email from an anonymous person who shall remain nameless. And they said, I shielded away from the bisexual label for years. I had relationships with women, but whilst I also like men, I just told myself that that was more of a kink. But I met a man I fell in love with and he helped me come out as a proud bisexual. And I am only sorry I didn't do it sooner. But it still feels like I have to justify myself. Yes, I had girlfriends and now I have a boyfriend. But, newsflash, I still might have a girlfriend in the future. I'm so sorry that you're still having to feel like you need to justify yourself. But hopefully you've had some really great insights from Lewis. And I think it will be really good for people to go and listen to Bisexual Brunch and get some ideas for how you can overcome any of that kind of stigma or stereotyping. It's so nice to know that there is a community out there. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Chanita Stevenson from Married at First Sight UK. How exciting! So I want to hear your tales, sordid or otherwise, about, well frankly doing anything at first sight <laughs> whether that's falling in love getting married one night stands whatever you want to confide in auntie miranda i want to hear it all you can slide into my dms just look out for miranda kane on instagram or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk i be miranda kane smutdrop was produced by pineapple audio production for metro.co.uk if you're enjoying this weekly look of love then please leave me a nice review in the meantime i'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week and remember don't do anything i wouldn't do but if you do, then name it after me. <laughs> uh-huh.